Before we get started with today's episode, I'm here to ask you to please consider giving me some money. That's right. Crisis Twink has a wonderful listener support option in our show notes through which you can choose to make a small, large, or an astronomical monthly donation to support the operating costs of the podcast. It's entirely optional, but it is much appreciated. So if that's something that's interesting to you, then uh, give it a little look. All right, on with the show. Hey girlies, welcome to Crisis Twink, the podcast where we ring the alarm about cultural emergencies. Whether it's a flop album, an insane headline, a problematic fave, or just something that needs to be urgently discussed or you'll die, we're going to revive it and make sure it gets the medical assistance it so desperately needs. My name is Drew Haskins, and I'm the only twink who can save a culture in crisis. Joining me today is a true king, Jose Villalobos. Hi. Hi, Drew. How are we doing? Very happy to be here. Thanks for the invite. Well, thank you for coming on. I'm sorry you had to see me uh, launch into that intro like that. It's uh, it's always shocking for people. That was absolutely beautiful, and I'm just I'm just happy to be here. Getting I, showered in absolute kingliness from you right now. Well, that's genuinely too kind of you. I feel like I look like like absolute horseshit right now. I mean, I'm like <laughs> fresh out the gym, like not looking my best um untrue untrue the okay. hair's on point i love the tank top I, i'm sorry this is a podcast so i guess i know what i'm talking about it's a luca jersey da- luca Doncic jersey it really doesn't get much better than that I'm it doesn't get much better than this and people aren't like seeing this in person i definitely have the right mavs jersey too because i for better or worse, get looks wise compared to erstwhile Mavericks now Wizards center, Kristaps uh, Porzingis a lot. Um, even though he is a seven four Latvian, and I am a. I, now that you say it, I, they're definitely like the facial structure, the the swagger, the hairstyle. I agree. I agree. I definitely have like a like a corn fed kind of look. It's a, <laughs> he is a full. Uh, two feet taller than me, which I mean, is yeah. He is a full, almost two feet taller than most of us. So I also want to. I need to amend that. I'm not two full feet. That would make me five four. I'm not five four. I'm five ten. But like, I don't want people getting the wrong idea because like a short king is a king, whatever. But five four, that's not how I'm self. I don't want to self advertise. Like, okay. we have I, to be I, truthful here. I absolutely respect that that correction. I mean, nobody. I, again, yes, sure, they're still kings, but I, I completely understand where you're coming from. We fought hard for this slightly above male average height that we got going on. You five mm-hmm. ten, me six something, almost one. Okay, six something is to me that's tall. Anything above six feet, I think you can call yourself a tall king. Like. See, that's that's what I thought growing up, uh, because you know in Mexico six something is pretty tall. But then, when I when I came here for college, I was like, "Ooh, that's I'm not as as much hot sauce as I thought." 
To be fair, we both went to big college basketball schools too, and the curve has just been thrown off true. completely. True, true, true. Fair enough. Uh, yeah, well, funny, funny story, if I may. Um, uh-huh. I have you a may. couple really tall buddies from college, um, like six five, six four. Yeah, like around those heights. And mm-hmm. they, I was talk, t- talking to them one time about my height insecurities post moving to the US. And mm-hmm. they all conspired with each other to convince me that the average height for a US male was um, six foot tall or like six foot half an inch. Mm-hmm. So for like a good four months, I thought I was literally just average height in the U.S. And that did things to my self-esteem that I can't like properly explain to you right now. Yeah, that's weirdly a very cruel prank, like <laughs> especially for a young impressionable teen. Like that's the kind of thing that would fuck you up. I do think in the Netherlands, the average height actually is six foot or something. Okay, I'm never going to the Netherlands. Oh, yeah, I like... <laughs> I cannot be, no, that's not true. Like, I feel like I habitually date guys who are like two inches taller than me, like somewhere in that field. But like, I can't be, if I were in like a country full of that, I think I would develop a complex and I don't need another one of those. So it's just not. All right. I think we got to move on to our first game because the topics today are hot. Um, so we're going to play Go Call the Governor. I'm going to present you with three cultural scenarios from recent and or ancient history, and you're going to decide whether or not the governor needs to be called. There are no wrong answers, but your choice is binary. All right. Does the governor need to be called or not? All right. So let's play. Uh, first topic is the Super Bowl. Does the governor need to be called? Uh, the governor absolutely needs to be called because what Aaron Donald was doing to the Bengals offensive line on during that game is absolutely illegal. He should very much be like charged with multiple felonies and potentially like manslaughter on John Barrow, Joe Barrow. Yeah, it was hard to see an upstanding young man with a history of reconstructive knee surgery get repeat, repeatedly just like plowed into the ground like a chrysanthemum it was not good um, it was it was i was i felt bad for him it was really scary close to the end of the game where he like went down clutching his knee yeah if if the Bengals organization are serious about about him being a cornerstone and cornerstone and then winning moving forward they really need to add some legitimate players to that offensive line certainly so now we were at the same super bowl party you're gonna we how was the the dip quality the dip Name quality names. was incredible um okay. a, a certain someone who won't be named made this kimchi dip that absolutely changed the dip game for me um that was just something okay. absolutely incredible i there think was, you're allowed to name names here okay i'm that person true haskins yeah. made an incredible kimchi dip that's right um, there was also an amazing buffalo chicken dip. Shout out to Charlie Lowe, which I loved. Uh, and also someone who, in this case, won't be named because I don't want to shame anyone, did bring a store-bought dip, but it ended up being pretty good. So, you know, if anyone's feeling a little funky tonight and you have some free time, get yourself over to Trader Joe's, get some of that everything elote dip, also worth a good scoop. 
Uh, those would be my top three of the night, but <laughs> there was an incredible layout of all sorts of dips, chips, sweets. It was it was fantastic. What do you think of Super Bowl culture in general? Because I, I think this is the first time in years that I think I watched under five football games for a season. So this did not, like, weirdly, like, as a former Angelino and as, like, a native of Ohio, like, through family and stuff, like, I did not really care about this game all that much. It was just fun to watch. I mean, it was, like, a fun game to watch, but... I don't know. What's your history with all that? For sure. Um, I actually, funnily enough, I think I, I have a lot of history with football. And I think, like, yeah, it's a very American thing. But people here don't necessarily realize how many people in other countries do watch football and follow mm-hmm. it. Um, especially in Mexico, I just think, like, geographical proximity has made it so that it's become a very relevant sport there. Um, and my dad played football very seriously growing up. He... Um, played like college he like mm-hmm. almost went semi-pro I think for a bit there oh wow and so when I was growing up um my dad would like sit me down and I would like watch this stuff with him from like a very young age so I'm a huge football fan always have been but there's something about the Super Bowl that is that is very unique in that um, people like just get together and watch it I think yeah. it's become a <clears throat> cultural phenomenon that is really just like an excuse to see your friends and cook tasty things and if that's all that it is I'm totally happy that that's that's it but it, it really just is kind of an opportunity for people to get together hang out um and I will say that I I do think football is a very complicated sport with a lot of issues Certainly. and we were talking about that on Sunday I was talking to Annalise and and we were like you know what maybe 30 percent of all NFL players have like demand charges against them at some point in their life brought up um, yeah. The sport itself creates like so many cases of um, CTE and other like degenerative brain issues, like the amount of people that just get concussed and keep playing and they're clearly not in it. Um, yeah, it's it's very problematic. And yeah, and there was the- like so many of us just there hanging out on Sunday watching this thing. And I mean, the NFL itself is such a, I'll say a racist organization in a lot of ways, like it was, I guess, like, we found out they were pre-planned, but, like, all the gestures that the halftime performers made during the show, like, you know, as, like, a fuck you to the NFL and, like, protesting police brutality and stuff, like, it's, like, I mean, yes, it is, like, a commercially sanctioned protest, which is, you know, I'll let, like, theorists actually debate the efficacy of that, but, like, it is, like, for a game that like 120 million people are watching or whatever like it does go a long way to see something like that for sure um and on that point I mean I don't know how we're doing on time but there I don't know if you're following the NFL that much this year like you said but Brian Flores who is a a black man who's former Mm -hmm. coach of the Dolphins was embroiled in a lot of controversy last week because apparently and I mean none of this is confirmed apparently he got a text from one of his former bosses um, congratulating him on a job that he hadn't even interviewed for yet. And then it appears that his coach, his former boss, another coach, yeah, had Bill mistaken Belichick. him. Yeah, Bill yeah. Belichick had mistaken him for another Brian 
who who had actually been hired for the job. So yeah, White um, Brian, Brian Dable, White Brian, yeah. Brian Gable was uh, allegedly already had been picked as the next coach of the Buffalo Bills, I believe. Um, and yeah, they the went on to interview Brian Flores just to comply with a NFL rule that essentially requires at least one minority or diversity um, head coaching candidate be interviewed for every open job. So, uh, you know, it again, nothing's confirmed, nothing's fully out there, but it seems like it's very plausible that the this team just went the route of hiring or already haven't made a decision on hiring a white coach and yet went on to interview a black coach just to kind of check off the fact it yeah i mean that that rule is called the rooney rule and it's a literal quota that they have to meet and only um i saw a stat that was like in this past season there were only five minority coaches in the nfl two of those coaches got fired and two got hired for this cycle so now there's still only five out of 32 teams and you look at like the demographics of who's actually playing the sport and that's kind of a staggering discrepancy um and not i mean not one that like I, the nfl just does not seem that interested in like fixing the mess they've made in like any arena so it's it seems very performative. And also just to clarify and for legal purposes, because we don't want crisis to get sued. It was no. actually the New York Giants, not the Buffalo Bills that were in yeah. another New York state team. Um, but yeah, yeah, no, it's it very much the Rooney rule, the rule itself seems very performative. It doesn't seem like it's leading to more diversity in the coaching ranks. And Mm-mm. based on this story, it seems like people are very much just checking it off and not really following the spirit of it in any way. So fuck the NFL, but go Joe Burrow. We love you. You are America's sweetie. Um, Okay, let's move on to the second topic. J. Crew. Does the governor need to be called? Does the governor need to be called? I mean, in general, I don't like J. Crew. Also, I don't think they like serve the attention. So I just I just I wouldn't I wouldn't call the governor. So what's as someone who went to a school on the East Coast, what's your relationship with J. Crew? I think J. Crew is one of those look at me, I'm white and I have some level of money brand. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, it's like very bland, you know. It I don't think it has the recognition or or like the brand weight of something like uh Vineyard Vines or, or something like. Canada yeah. Goose. I think it's it's like mediocre level, like white privilege brand. I mean, I and, and maybe this is just my experience at Georgetown. Again, like over there, the, the even the Tommy Hilfiger, I think, was even more prevalent. But yeah, it was like the Vineyard Vines. It was the Ferragamo. It was the um, Canada Goose. Ferragamo. <laughs> well, that, that's fancy. I mean, there there was a lot of. Brilliant. Yeah, no, 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 I, I, I totally get it. Like, I have always looked at J. Crew as a really, like, nice, well-made Zara, essentially, and that you can buy great, essential, basic pieces at a slightly higher price point than you would a Zara or H and M, but they're also not going to literally dissolve in the washing machine like many an H and M T-shirt. 
I have many t-shirt just yeah. goes. You know what I've been doing, and I'm I'm a little ashamed to say this, but like let's just put it out there. I have been buying some like Target brand t-shirts lately. Um, yeah, Target makes incredible stuff. Like oh my god, I was there's like, no shame very in the game there. Surprised, you know, some some nice t-shirts, some nice designs, and a lot more lasting than H and M really. No, I, my, um, my go-to white t-shirt, like undershirts or just like basic white t-shirts just to pair with stuff are those Gildan brand ones that you buy in like a six pack on the internet for like $10. Like those are the best t-shirts. They last forever. And like, I, I just, I don't believe in paying a ton of money for like, like a white t-shirt or like yeah yeah if it's, if it's just stuff. like a especially if it's just like a base layer thing right that yeah. like you're gonna put nicer or like more statement kind of stuff on it i feel yeah. like that's completely i'm i'm in agreement j is interesting in that they're like trying to pivot a little bit more into like a not high fashion necessarily but like a more like fashionable preppy intersection like kind of like what a brooks brothers is doing like really yeah I, southern I wacky patterns like doing you know like it's still yeah. like pretty like basic clothes but it's not you know it's not like really like standard frat wear gotcha they're okay trying to branch out a little bit from just like the mid-atlantic 21 20 yeah. to 22 year old market like their new celebrity face, I think this is, I mean, I know it's just for women's wear, it's not for men's wear, obviously, but like Florence Pugh is now their new, the new girl, which I think is an interesting fit. And like, they just dropped some new like ad campaign the other day that's not edgy, but it's, if you told me the clothes were J. Crew, I'd be like, oh, well. <laughs> really? Yeah, I, I honestly have not seen it, but now now that you say this, I'm gonna have to go check this out. Yeah, when, uh, when did when you say Florence Pugh is, is she just modeling or is she in any way like signing any of this? No, stuff? she's not designing any of this, and okay. I no offense, wouldn't trust her to do that because I okay. I've been on record on this podcast offline like screaming in the middle of the street that I think she has the worst style it's just so awful um not and a lick of taste and her stylists don't love her but um she looks good in this campaign though because like the clothes are like pretty simple and it's nice but like j crew's now designing bucket hats with Ooh. distressed edges and stuff which is like different for them yeah yeah i wow that is definitely not what i know j crew for no okay that's good though. I was gonna say Florence Pugh. I I pretty much only know her from like doing a couple of like British theater, theatery stuff or like mm-hmm. film adaptations. She was in in King Lear, I think. Um, yeah, I think I think so. Which was which was a great movie, but yeah, I I don't think I've ever heard much of her having a good fashion sense. And and now that I have your confirmation that I know that. It's well, not- I'm not the be all end all here. Like, <laughs> I'm an authority on many things. But not necessarily women's style. And I, I don't want to be like a gay man in women's business, but I do know I do know that she doesn't know how to dress herself. And I'm to- com- I'm comfortable saying that. Like I'm comfortable with me saying that. 
Um, okay, let's move on to our last topic and the For sure. biggest doozy here. Everything that is going on with Kanye West, does the governor need to be called? Oh, I, this, this one paints me a lot because I, I love Kanye as, a, as an artist mm-hmm. and because I think that mental health is such a big issue that is so hard to deal with when you're in the public light and you have all these influences and all these things happening around you. But 100%, yes, the, the governor needs to be called. Um, funnily enough, Pete Davidson, who is a big part of this whole thing, said it a couple of years ago on, on an SNL skit. Well, I don't know if it was his kid, but like on SNL, he, he talked about mental health and he said, you know, Kanye, it's okay to take your meds, man. Like, yeah. trust me, like I take, I take my meds. I go to the doctor. It's fine. Just do it. And as much as I love Kanye for what he did to music and for what he exposed me to as a young person that hadn't really heard a lot of rap, I mean, hard to find in the white suburbs of Mexico. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he, I mean, yeah, I, I, he did a lot for me musically. And again, I, I think that it's so hard when you're in such a position to effectively deal with, with mental health. But yeah, I mean, he's absolutely unhinged. Yeah. Uh, the way that he's treating Kim, the way that he's handling everything. I mean, this is going like back and back for months. I mean, he I mean, it, it's stalker through. shit. Yeah, no, it's it's bad. And I mean, even before the Kim stuff, the Kim stuff is all terrible. But like talking about a guy who like decided to become friends with Donald Trump, who decided yeah. to run for president, who like hired out an entire stadium to have a listening party by himself of his latest album and then live stream it in weird parts of the internet. Like, like he's just been going off the rocker for a while. Yeah. And it will, you know, for a long time, I think the music has sort of papered over a lot of, or the quality of the music music has papered over a lot of the transgressions he's had. Like, I mean, he's always been like pretty outre and like controversial about what he's been saying for like 15 plus years now. But yeah, this whole, this new pivot is, I mean, it's, it seems dangerous to people. Like he posted some message that Kim had sent him the other day about like, you need to stop inciting fans to like threaten violence towards Pete who is himself like a pretty like he he's talked about his like mental illness journey and like how sensitive he is to like societal triggers and stuff and like it just it's he's playing with fire for sure and it's it's just a bummer to see him like really devolve into this um well and then this morning i or like at some point early-ish today he like deleted his entire instagram and then threw like a couple of new posts out there yeah um and they are just like very nonsensical like i'm I'm, i was reading some captions earlier that that really much just sound like the embodiment of manic depression like like he's definitely going through some stuff right now and it's it's really unfortunate but yeah i mean at the at the very least i think um i love that we got julia fox to a place of prominence out of all this like i've been a huge fan of hers for years now um and she didn't really do much here except 
get the bag, literally get the Birkin bag and run. But um, we're all talking about her, and that's what. What are you? Uh, why are you a fan of her? What? Are, what has she done, or what are you into from her? Have you seen Uncut Gems with Adam Sandler? Of course. Yeah. Okay, she's the female lead in that. I do. I yeah yeah. I remember. Yeah. So that's. Yeah, that's my, that's the extent of my fandom. Like, she was, like, I just, I've always really liked, like, New York it girl types, and she's definitely, yeah. like, the closest thing we have to that right now. Um, I mean, like, even before all the Connie stuff, at the top of the year, she, like, exposed her ex-husband, who's a private pilot, like, really sketchy guy for, like, fucking his aunt or something what yeah oh my like she's been wilding out for a long time now like this felt like a really good natural progression for her like she got a month of like crazy headline making behavior out of it she got a birkin bag you know what if anyone's looking okay from this situation it's her and but, good for her and good for her i mean in 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 the current world of hollywood you got to do what you can you know you need to get press you need to get out there i will say for uh, for all how however much you know press this gets her she is an amazing actress like if you mm-hmm. haven't watched uncut gems go watch that yeah it was a really good film and she's probably going to get roles just out of this right like some director is going to be like let me get kanye's now hottest ex-girlfriend to come in and and you know play whatever role so that we get more people to watch this movie but but she really deserves it she does a great job in that movie adam sandler is a serious actor need, like we need more of that incredible I'm, fucking, I'm tired of grown-ups and jack and jill and all these stupid movies that all have like three percent on rotten tomatoes like adam sandler you're a good actor you're a serious actor like do more of that nobody needs any more of of your ridiculousness i have to come clean on air and say that i've only seen two adam sandler movies in my life really what's the other one uh happy gilmore i've not seen any of the the canon really oh that's not true i've also i've also um i've also watched 50 first states okay that's those are actually like Pretty passable movies. Yeah. I, I like that's good. I there 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 is something to be said about like dumb movies that can still like make you laugh and be you know feel a little warm here and there. But uh, he he really has just taken it to another level with a lot of his other work. Yeah. I would recommend maybe watching Funny People. He does a great job that. That's the Judd Apatow one. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a good movie. Um, I kind of want to watch Jack and Jill though, because I have seen the clip of Al Pacino doing like the like Dunkachino, like, and that I think is performance art. Um, you know what? I, I would find maybe the two minutes before, the two minutes after that, just if you want to get the full context, I would a little sampling through for an hour and a half of that of that movie. An hour and a half. Oh, that probably, feels like yeah, forty yeah. minutes too long. <laughs> Uh, probably like 85 minutes <laughs> i i'm like get him a tv show i know he's doing like some serious movie later this year that i cannot remember what it is but like i don't know i really like him i've always like even if i haven't seen the movies i've always just liked him as a person so i'm glad that like that movie has 
begat so many culturally oh, yeah. potent things out of it. He um, he's a great. I agree, and all these hilarious clips of people just filming him like playing basketball in random places in New York, and he's always wearing this like super baggy like not at all flashy clothes and you know just shooting the hoop he isn't a 15 inch short at all times truly and people will like come up to him and like film him and like you know try to try to like push his buttons try to get like a bad reaction from him and he's just the most like relaxed cool like yeah person so i'm i'm also a big fan of adam sandler as a human and he needs to be doing more you know more drunk love more funny people mm-hmm. less back and joe let's get him an oscar let's do it get him, <laughs> oh my get him everything he he really good if he oh yeah big support right. of that i think we need to take a quick break but we will be right back perfect and we are back let's move on to this episode's cultural emergency jose what are you rushing to the er today um Drew, i'm i'm rushing to the er in a beautiful boy band out of england formed mm-hmm. after some x-factor shenanigans in the in the late 2000s uh by the name of one direction uh, for those of you out there who don't know and that's probably most of you out there because you probably don't even know me i was a huge huge directioner back in the day i'd like to think i continue to be i just don't keep up as much but uh you know when i was in eighth grade and their first couple albums came out absolutely unreal um i remember they did a they did a couple of covers of the beatles and that's how i first heard them and i thought they were just going to be like this whatever dumb group of kids and they actually did a couple of really good covers i was like wow this is this is like a fun modern take on the beatles and from there went and heard all of up all night and then from there i went and like kept consuming all their music and as like early 2010s as one direction feels they've been some of their members and the group as a whole has been on the news a lot lately so that's what i want to discuss yeah it's i mean the group just celebrated its 10-year anniversary last year i think and it's i can't believe that they've been around for this long like it's it's one of the crazier cultural phenomenons I think in like the past decade that One Direction has just spun out in so many different directions. Well, and uh, uh, go ahead, go ahead. No, I have nothing to say. I was just really proud of my pun work there, but it doesn't. After I'm dead, I will be recognized for my achievements. So, but not <laughs> not now. Not today. I, I, I will recognize you for all of your achievements. Um, who is your favorite out of all of them? I mean, uh, up until uh, I guess it kind of still is Zayn Malik. I was was always okay. I was always the biggest Zayn supporter. I was so upset when he left. Now, the fact that he uh, physically assaulted. Gigi Hadid's mom and potentially also Gigi yeah. doesn't really bode well for him so I might have to reevaluate my answer to that question and of course we are talking about the time a few months ago when he on uh the Hadid's Pennsylvania farm that at one point allegedly housed Jelaine Maxwell 
um, pushed Yolanda into a dresser and called her a, I quote, a Dutch slut. I mean, and also, like, can we just talk about that? What what an out of pocket yet incredibly powerful insult! Like, I, it's it's really like I cannot imagine calling someone that. So, it's it is a testament to his ability, I guess, to be a really <laughs> horrible raging rageaholic to to do that. Um, yeah. I historically yeah. have also really liked Zane, though, except this. Okay, so I just have to come clean and say that I'm not a, a huge One Direction music fan. Okay. I just, I'm not a boy bander kind of person. I typically am not. For them, I really have always made an exception. But they, like, a lot of people did because, like, they were from, like, 2002 to 2012. There were no boy bands popular in America. Like the 90s and the early 2000s, obviously you had like Insane Backstreet Boys, New Kids on the Block, Menudo, like all these like really like impactful groups. And all that kind of went away after Justin Timberlake went solo essentially. So it was so weird. Like I remember I was in high school, I'm a little older than you are. And like that group released what makes you beautiful and overnight everyone knew who they were somehow and i felt like i was playing catch up i mean yeah it was like you said it was they they really came in to fill out a space that wasn't being fulfilled by anyone and then mm-hmm. they kind of ushered in a whole new generation of of boy bands and then you have whatever like what is it big time big time rush like all that nonsense that I don't actually follow. Emblem yeah. 3, I heard some of their stuff for like a little bit, but I mean, again, One Direction is the only one of them that I really followed, but they they kind of brought the whole genre back, which was yeah. which was very impressive. And I, I will agree, like some of their music courses, you know, gotta be marketable. They, they were something going for, I think a couple of them, had really good voices. They had really good musical ensembles. A couple of them, them had really good voices. That is yeah. so rude to Louis. That. No I offense. Did, I love Louis. My favorite. Um, Louis is my favorite. Yeah. So I do support. I mean, let's be real. A couple of them were just pretty, um, mm-hmm. but they were very pretty. So good for them. But yeah, yeah. I mean the the One Direction. They've been a lot in the news lately. They're kind of like all trying to launch their own individual careers and most of them have absolutely bombed her uh bombed it and Zayn I think was the only one that has, was actually making good music on its own and then he got into this whole issue and yeah. apparently you you might know more on this but apparently him and, and Gigi are like figuring things out and like things are mostly fine now I hadn't seen something. that um I, I, I heard something that. that they were kind of trying to patch things up to at least be like good at co-parenting. Yeah, because they do have um, a kid together. That's right. like the I mean, the whole situation is pretty dark, but like, yeah, the kid of it all is a confounding factor. I mean, the Hadids are just I mean, I've talked ad nauseum about the Hadid family on here, but like after um <clears throat> after that whole incident, Dua Lipa and Anwar Hadid, the the younger brother. Uh-huh. who had been dating for I think two and a half years they broke up and I'm pretty sure Dua Lipa was just like I can't be around this mess right now like I have 
a newsletter to write. I have a podcast to do. So it's there's some they're all complicated over there i think it is Um, yeah it's not a it's not an easy family to to be a supporter of mm -hmm. Uh, i i I think i alina who is a dear friend of both of us who i believe maybe yeah friend of the pod has been on shout out to alina yeah she i mean she said it in a way that i think is is the right kind of mindset it's like you know you gotta support women you gotta believe women so in, in this situation, can't really be pro Zane, but but the overall Hadid family, I'm not a fan of in any way. And um, yeah. not, not even that I'm very knowledgeable of the pop culture in any way, but but they just strike me as like shitty people. Um, yeah, I mean, Anmar is like pretty anti-vax. I don't know about the rest of the family, but I mean, no, sus, sus vibes for sure very, out of the Hadid sus. household. Um, um, but yeah, I mean, this was all just to say that I have, I, a a little piece of news came across my desk a couple of days ago. mm -hmm. There's this piece from the express that said that there's a potential for a one direction reunion happening this year. Um, Louis apparently tweeted something about 11 years since his X factor audition I had no idea how much things would have changed. We're only just getting started. So apparently he like was kind of alluding to some continuation of the band. Uh, Also asked Liam Payne about it and he, or like asked him about like what he thought about 1D probably getting back together. He said kind of enthusiastically, he thought it would happen at some point. So, I mean, again, this is all completely speculative and don't quote me or this podcast on it, but there seems to be a chance that they're trying at least a couple of them trying to do something together this year, which would be amazing. Um, Now, I don't think it is interesting that the two least successful ones are the two who are saying that. I mean, listen, I don't think any of them has been particularly successful going solo. I mean, you could argue that Zane and Harry, but... I'd argue, I mean, Harry's like objectively, I think one of the biggest male pop stars in the uh, world right now. Though I I think he's deeply, I like him as a celebrity. I think he, his image does not match the music. I, like, that's what it is, right? I think he's he he rose to being you know the lead member of a hugely important boy band, and I think he's been just living off of that, and he knows it, right? Yeah. His music hasn't been very good. He hasn't released any like successful singles. Again, I think the only one that was actually making good music was Zane, um, by himself. Yeah, and, and I, he's the only one who leaned into like kind of the electro pop R and B lane. Because, I mean, Niall, just, I used to work for Niall Horn's label. Like, he just makes watered-down Ed Sheeran music to me. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, Liam Payne made a couple really weird, kind of, like, boppy, dancey, like... Yeah. Like, yeah, no, I don't really like what they've been putting out by themselves. So I think a reunion makes sense for all of them, in, just in the sense that they... That's that's what actually worked, and whatever they're doing right now is not working. Um, so maybe it could happen. I would be extremely excited to see it and and see what comes of that. 
Now, the, the article did, did, did say or does say that Zane is probably not going to be invited, uh, which just co- continues to break my heart. Um, he seen, I mean, he's just in distress right now. And I think he's he's been in a pretty hard place for a long time. Um, you, so that, you, are, that you are like huge... I mean, you know the whole space. You were you were in the music industry. Do you have any insights on Zane? Anything that the public might not know that may have interest, um, or just concerned One Directioners that might be on this podcast with you right now? Nothing I could share on air, but I have yeah. met I have met Zane. Oh wow! Mm-hmm. Fair enough. I respect the confidentiality. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I like it's not it's not any anything crazy like I worked my first job in college was working for his label and I was working there when they signed him because he had okay. just broken up with the band so yeah, wow that must have this been. was yeah this was summer was 2015, 2015. Yeah. yeah but that must have been huge for the for the record no it was like I mean everyone thought this was a second Justin Timberlake situation and it didn't really happen like that. Like I think, like <laughs> out of, really I think bad. Harry's had the most successful out of like all right. of them. Because even if I, the the music's like not great, but it's still like hitting with the public, and he's getting a lot of acting roles now, which I think he's like pivoting that into. Is, that is true. I will say I was very sketchy about him in movies, mm-hmm. but he actually did a really good job in Dunkirk. Yeah, uh, he's so- great in Dunkirk. Kudos to him on that. Uh, I haven't really seen much of his other stuff. I honestly, I, this is shameful because I love film, I love movies, but the last year or two, I've really fallen off. Like I've he, watched a lot less than I've wanted to. A lot of his stuff is coming up. So he's actually doing a movie with Florence Pugh. Um, oh, wow. Directed by Olivia Wilde. That's about like a, a housewife in the 50s who goes insane in some way and Florence Pugh is playing the housewife and Harry Styles is playing the husband it goes insane okay it's like a psychological horror movie and it's been pretty buzzy because and that's um he and Olivia Wilde are dating now because they met on set and Harry Styles yeah interesting yeah olivia wilde she was you know how i the first time i saw her was on her house for a little yeah. bit and i was like wow this person is amazing needs more needs more work my younger and, brother also first saw her on house and has been obsessed with olivia wilde <laughs> to this day basically because oh, yeah of I, I never watched the show but he like was just enamored with her um i, I mean i would too it was definitely one of my first serious celebrity crushes. So the other movie he's doing is called My Policeman, which is about a gay a gay policeman. So which like Harry is a very um I would say hot topic amongst the gays because he just like dresses like a gay guy for lack of a better word. Um, even though he isn't one. But I did want to ask you about the the Larry fan community. Have you heard of this? The Larry fan community? Yeah. So 
there was a like the Larry Stillinson stuff. Yeah, Larry Stillinson. Oh, yeah. Sorry, Stillinson. I I can yeah. Go ahead. So I mean, there's that huge fan community that secretly thought for many years that Louie and Harry were dating in secret away from the rest of the band and that's why they split up as a band because larry split up i mean huge controversy i i i have heard about this it was it was a big deal back in the day people some people legitimately thought that that's why that same got driven out and like mm-hmm. all of this mess came from that um i i mean first of all i people really should just do do whatever the hell they want in terms of you know sexual preference yeah no of course that of course should not be (laughs) you know what i mean like i feel like a lot of people are just into it because it was like ooh controversial like you know these i'm like no it it shouldn't be controversial like if if these two dudes are actually you know kissing each other and you know doing other things yeah up to them you know yeah i'll support i'll support any any easy faces larry love Um, no i mean i thought that was hilarious i don't think there's any evidence of it i think it was just no reeling, just absolutely reeling yeah Um, it was like the band was breaking up they were trying to find a culprit you know what i mean like they were trying to find some like larger explanation it was absolutely ridiculous yeah i think it's really funny it Um, is it is really fun i just really like the portmanteau larry (laughs) for for a gay couple like larry that is yeah i don't like that at all I don't like that at all. <laughs> but I don't know. Harry, Harry, he's not beaten the gay allegations anytime soon, I feel like, but like he does. I don't know. I like I I like him the most out of the rest of them. So I mean, do you do you think well, let me ask you a kind of serious question? Do you think that what he's doing with you know the way he dresses, the way he goes around, is that is that in a way breaking any barriers of like what should be like you know like male dressing or like what should be like male per- performance in a way like do you yeah. think he's doing anything to like address is that good in a way is it positive in a way that no he's maybe i think it's definitely positive okay. like he's not the first or only person to be wearing like gender non-conforming clothing um yeah. but he is like one of the most visible people doing it and i think that like that's a really positive thing that can't really be overstated. I would like it more if he wore things that looked nice um, and aesthetically pleasing. Like I, my style does not overlap with, um, with his, like if I showed up to class looking like Lily Wonka every day of my life, like you would drive me to the hospital. But I, I do enough. think what he's doing is very, like actually like brave and bold and should be applauded but like he definitely needs to like you know refine it a little bit more like see what works yeah i don't know that's fair fashion is hard let that be less than everyone on this podcast today fashion is hard i will i will say that i don't think i have any sense of fashion i probably wrong wrong uh, i feel like i dress up either as if i'm going to the gym or as if i were like a 45 year old dad i don't really have but that's you've just decided you've uh you've outlined the kim kanye dichotomy like that's the athleisure and like the schlump wear that is they pave the way for all that what is easy if not just like sweats like really nice sweats i mean truly truly 
So you're au courant and don't let people, don't let people dull your shine. Uh, I appreciate that. I do think you have an amazing fashion sense, let me say. Oh, I mean, you hush. Oh, no, no, no. we're come not going to, no, we're not letting this podcast turn into this. I, I told you at the top of this episode that I look like horse shit and I'm sticking to that assessment. Oh my God. Yeah. Like okay. I accidentally just whipped my hair so hard that my bangs fell down. So like, that's where we are. Like, I will um, just, okay. I will, I will not delve into this if you don't want to, but I will, if anyone is in or close to the Chicago metropolitan area, do yourself a favor and come down to the Keller Center at the Harris School Don't policy. dox my location. Just just to like check out Keller's Drew Haskins absolute drip when he's walking around this place. Don't. Wow. I've been exposed on not quite live air, but pretty um, close. So I guess I guess maybe there are some security concerns about people knowing where you where you Yeah, someone go. one um, of my beloved fans is going to come up and hit me on the head with a rock for being so <laughs> annoying on this. <laughs> on this yeah. year podcast oh my there might be there might be a, a an absolute stampede uh at school tomorrow Ma- can you maybe edit that out later no or yeah maybe <laughs> well yeah probably I, you know okay. what maybe i will we'll see okay. um otherwise go go elsewhere please uh if you are thinking about doing something even the teensiest bit violent towards me like Oh, knit a scarf go go chop some wood do something uh productive for society but okay i do think we actually have to move on to our final segment here oh um, yes, i'm sorry Tell no all good um we're gonna play tear the community apart oh wow are you ready to do that i i i how does this work okay so the rules are pretty simple okay i've picked two songs and you're gonna tell me which one is better Oh wow, that's a lot of pressure. Okay, I'm yeah. I'm I'm ready for it. Easy. I easy. think this is an easy choice, but you will we'll see. I will, I will warn you that if these songs were created at any point ever to 2019, there's a decent chance I don't even know what they are. I think you'll know what these are. Okay. So these two songs are certified Jose Villalobos pregame staples. Oh, that. I have been inescapable in my life for the past six months. Um, two excellent tunes that pitted up against each other are just titans of Spanish language music right now. So which song is better? Volvi by Bad Bunny and Aventura or Pepas by Faruco? Ooh, um, I, I, I know the right answer. Uh, to this question um i mean pepas pepas it it has to be i i'm sick of that song because precisely i have played it so many times but if we're just being objective and i was hearing both of them for the first time i think i think pepas has it you know i i think volvi is the better song but pepas is just like it's the party starter it's the party starter yeah of 2021 it, 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 there's there's a lot of ways to interpret that question right is it like what is actually lyrically and musically the best song is it what's going to get most people like going is it what's going to be the most popular song i think lyrically and musically i think bolby is is a better song it's it's better produced it's better done i think in terms of what you need the energy you need 
what people want to hear. I mean, you know, the more popular song, I, it's Pepas. Yeah. It's got to be Pepas. Like, and it just... I think so. It, it has not lost its power. Like, I heard it this past weekend at a gay bar. And it hit... Everyone was, like, going off. Like, it's just... It speaks to everyone. It does. And, it like, really does. It, we, we were at a White Sox game back in September. They played it there. Whole stadium went off. It speaks to everyone it is it is a song of the people for sure so why do we have the national anthem we have that like we should mickey guyton should have been singing papas at the super bowl not I, <laughs> not the star spangled banner i i do not i will make no comment on that because i am here on a non-resident visa and the u.s government holds the rights to um get rid of it at any time and send me back to Mexico. So no comment on that one. Oh, well, well, I don't think the government listens to this podcast. If they do, they're going to know. I mean, they'll just, what are they going to hear? They're going to hear us like explain what Larry is. <laughs> they're kind of the, the most controversial thing that I think was even allegedly said this episode was Jelaine Maxwell hiding out on the Hadid family farm, which allegedly did happen. You know what? I we we did not dig dig enough into that. That was just kind of like a throw in, and I, we, then we just kept going. I will. I was shocked. What what could be said about that? <laughs> there are so many wonderful Epstein podcasts that, or Epstein like conspiracy podcasts and like case podcasts that you can go listen to that uh will deal with that in a much more informed and serious manner than I will. Who um, really? has not engaged with the case very much outside of knowing that Jalene Maxwell allegedly hit out on the Hadid family farm in Bucks County, Pennsylvania. Um, shady lady. I, that's all Jalene Maxwell was a shady lady. I guess that's all we can say about that. You know what? Maybe there's, there's a full episode of Crisis to Ink on the Wings ready to delve into that and other Epstein-related fables. I, I, I mean this with all due respect to the victims of Jeffrey Epstein's crimes. I do not have the bandwidth or the emotional aptitude to get through an hour of talking about that like it's too that's that's i completely understandable with all due yeah with all with all due respect they they deserve their place and they deserve the truth to be uncovered but we don't need to do that to our mental health because when you pull that thread you get into like the royal family and naomi campbell who dated liam payne for a while see it all comes back it really all comes it all back, comes to back full circle. Yeah. Not the Epstein plane. The Epstein plane in one direction. There is no evidence Wait, that I, any I of those that people. Is, no, 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 no. We don't, we, we don't know we what they involved. were doing. They were probably on like a Southwest flight to, to Miami or something. Like a very nice, like normal plane. Let's let's live in ignorance with yeah. with, with regards to that, please. Let the let the the best one direction conspiracy theory be Larry, and let's just leave it at that. So beautiful, awesome. 
Okay, well, we've closed out this podcast fantastically. Um, Jose, thank you so much for being here today. This was truly a delight. I, it was my pleasure completely. Thanks for having me, Drew. If you would like to be found on social media, where can people find you? Um, I think I have an Instagram. Um, I yeah. can confirm that you do. <laughs> I do. I do. I don't have, sorry, I don't have Twitter or any of those other matters. I have an Instagram. Um, it is my first initial, my middle name. And then, oh no, it's my first and middle initial and then my last name with a second half translated into English, if that makes any sense. It probably doesn't. I well, apologize. It does to me, but to the thousands of people who are listening who don't know what your middle name is, but um, it's that's so harder. okay. I guess I can draw all you know what? I'll just drop the link in the in the show notes. Perfect. We'll do that. If anybody um doesn't to test me after listening to this for an hour no. that's going to be my my handle is going to be in the notes if you're no. interested at all if anything i'm the villain of this podcast for haranguing <laughs> you for, for for 58 minutes um you can find me the villain at um fk pigs on twitter with the z at drew haskins with z's on instagram and go follow crisis twink pod on twitter and instagram for fun content the instagram has basically turned into like a tiktok feed so you know what we're just it's content content is hard content you know what i respect it um up to three months ago or four months ago i was calling tiktok talk talk um uh, oh yeah i was putting mm -hmm. through the ringer for that one but uh, so, you know, that that's just to say I have no idea what social media and contents look like. And I respect you for doing that. I don't respect myself for doing it. But <laughs> on that note, um, thanks, everyone. And see you all next week. Bye.